We talked about this a few weeks ago, of course, this whole string of episodes talking all about some of the biggest consumer trends uh, that we're facing right now, the ones certainly that will affect the restaurant industry most. Uh, we talked about this a few uh, weeks ago, and I want to bring it back up again uh, in a new way, right? Since the pandemic, many office workers have gone to a hybrid model, some even fully remote. So when proximity to the office is no longer necessary, right, people made the decision a lot of them to flee the city altogether. By the way, that's exactly what's happened to us, to me, to my family. For years, I've worked from uh, I've worked from home. Most most of my calls now happen over the phone or via Zoom. But over the pandemic, my wife moved remote as well. So we now don't need to be in the city anymore. So we're moving outside the city, not too far, just out to the suburbs because our life has shifted. So we don't need to be here anymore. Uh, in a, in a daily basis. We still like to be close to New York City. We've got friends here, uh, clients here, all of that. I still want to be close, but I don't need to be right here in the city anymore, right? So we're moving. Plenty of people are moving. Plenty of people are gone. Today, I want to talk about rural urbanites. It's this thing that market research teams have coined. I'm going to talk about what it is, how it affects you, and how we can capitalize on it on today's episode of Restaurant Strategy. Don't go anywhere. There's an old saying goes something like this. You'll only find three kinds of people in the world. Those who see, those who will never see, and those who can see when shown. This is Restaurant Strategy, a marketing podcast for anyone who's looking. Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in. My name is Chip Close and this is Restaurant Strategy, a weekly podcast dedicated entirely to the hospitality industry. Each week I leverage my 20 plus years in the industry to help you build a more profitable and a more sustainable business. I also work directly with operators all over the world through my group coaching programs to address and overcome the specific challenges we face in our industry. Curious to learn more? Set up a free 45-minute strategy session at restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. That call is with me. I can show you how simple it can be to run a profitable restaurant. Again, restaurantstrategypodcast.com slash schedule. As always, you'll find that link in the show notes. Thousands of restaurants across the country use KickFin to send instant cashless tip payouts directly to their employees' bank accounts the second their shift ends. It's a really simple solution to a really big problem. Because let's face it, paying out cash tips to your workers day after day, shift after shift, is kind of a nightmare. Tedious tip distribution takes managers away from work that matters. It's hard to track payments, which leads to accounting and compliance headaches. Plus, cash tip-outs create the perfect opportunity for theft. And there's never enough cash on hand to pay out those tips. So managers are constantly having to make bank runs. Bottom line, there's never been a secure, efficient way to tip out until now. Meet KickFin. KickFin is an easy-to-use software that sends real-time cashless tip payouts straight to your employees' bank accounts 24-7, 365 days a year. Tipping out with KickFin gives managers and operators hours back in their day. It makes reporting a breeze and protects your business from mistakes and theft. And employees love it, so it's one of the best recruiting tools out there. Best of all, restaurants can have KickFin up and running overnight. Employees can enroll in seconds. No hardware, no contracts, no setup fees. 
Get in touch today for a personalized demo and see how restaurants and bars across the country are tipping out with Kickfin. Visit kickfin.com demo. As always, that link is in the show notes. So now, as individuals and families leave the cities in search for more space in suburban and rural communities, they will bring their expectations with them. They will bring their tastes with them. They will bring their paychecks with them. They will want shops and boutiques and some of the services they've come to enjoy in the city, like laundry service and dog walking. And guess what? They will also expect more from their restaurants. And I see this as a huge opportunity for anyone paying attention. So the question is, are you paying attention? Yes, everybody fled the city. Everybody bought houses outside of the city. And there's a whole new demographic that came in and took over those places in the city. If you read the newspaper, for example, here in New York City, rents are through the roof. The housing market in the suburbs and the surrounding areas, and I can attest to this, it's wacky. It is crazy. Everything's going for, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars over asking price, right? There is a huge opportunity. A huge population that used to be in the city is now leaving all at once, all together, to the suburbs to the surrounding suburbs, to the extending suburbs, some even into rural areas to get more space, to get a different, uh, a different kind of, of living experience, right? And again, that's a good thing. So it's a huge opportunity for anyone paying attention. I will ask you again, are you paying attention? These people are bringing with them, again, their big city paychecks and their big expectations. They want good food. They want good service. They want a great wine list. They want a well thought out uh, cocktail menu. They want craft beers. They want their things that they want. And they want variety because they're used to having variety in the city. They're used to having convenience. There's always something around. There's always something open. There's always somewhere to go. I think if anyone is looking to open a restaurant, I think that Suburbs make a really, uh, a really compelling, make for a really compelling case. Oftentimes you get more for your money. The rents are much cheaper. Therefore your overhead is much cheaper, much more likely you can turn a profit. And again, as long as you can uh, attract the right people, attract an audience, you can be successful. And here's the beauty part. It's also a less saturated market. So in the city, you've got hundreds of places within a, you know, let's say a 10 block radius. But there, out in the suburbs, you're probably only competing with a handful of other restaurants or you know, a couple dozen restaurants, depending what your concept is. I think there's a real, uh, real opportunity, not just for restaurants, but again, for these services, these services that people in the cities have gotten used to. I was reading this, uh, I was reading this, uh, this market research um, paper uh, and I forget, I think it was from Mintel, and they were talking about this thing of, of rural urbanites, right? This idea that people who have grown up in the city or have lived in the city for five years, 10 years, 20 years, right? We're moving out of the city after 20 years. Um, we lived in Philadelphia before here, so we spent four years in that city and then 20 years here. So we've been in the city for a long time. And you better believe it, just, just using my own experience here to touch on you better believe it. I, I want I want to find good restaurants out there. Out there, I want to find good food, good takeout. I want to find a good pizza place, good Chinese restaurant. 
I want to find a good place to get a burger and a beer. I want to find a you know a place with good cocktails or a nice wine list. I, I do want that because I do love food and wine, and not just because I'm in the uh, hospitality industry. That's certainly part of it. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I skew the average a little bit, but I'm telling you, a lot of people who you know spent a lot of time over the last 20 years in the cities have come to expect this because there's great restaurants everywhere and not just this city obviously it's an embarrassment of riches here in new york city but philadelphia for example now the city i just mentioned has a great food scene so as those uh, as those people maybe move out of the city into some of the uh, suburban communities around there they will expect more they will expect more than just the the chains uh, that are in all these that are in all these towns same thing I got to believe with Chicago or San Francisco or, you know, this whole um, the conversation about how people are fleeing California and going to Florida and going to, you know, Nashville, Tennessee and going to Texas. They will arrive in those markets expecting more from their communities. You know, there was just this article a couple weeks ago because the, um, the Michelin Guide uh, for the first time ever uh, uh, delivered a guide for Florida, right? Tampa has no starred restaurants. They have a bunch of restaurants, and they've got a bunch of good restaurants, but no starred restaurants. There was an opportunity in the Tampa market, which has, by the way, sprawling suburbs, right? The downtown is all spread out as well, but the the area around Tampa Bay, sprawling suburbs, not one Michelin-starred restaurant there, there's an opportunity for an enterprising, uh, enterprising individual or individuals to collaborate and put together, right? It doesn't exist there. And now there's a Michelin guide. They're gonna come back every year and they're gonna review Florida. So there are opportunities there. There are opportunities for anyone paying attention. I wanna talk about what to do, how to put this into practice in just a second after another word from our sponsor. Pop Menu has reimagined the restaurant. They're breaking the mold of the menu, taking the kitchen doors off the hinges, and serving up their most comprehensive technology solution yet, Pop Menu Max. Comes with the previous ingredients you've heard me mention on the podcast, websites designed with SEO, marketing tools to keep you top of mind with guests, and of course, the patented interactive menu technology. This new recipe brings automated phone answering to the table, brings third-party online order aggregation, waitlisting, and more. Pop Menu's phone answering technology, for example, you heard it here uh, demoed on this show just a few weeks ago. That technology has your ringing phones covered, right? With the computer, it's artificial intelligence. The simple questions that usually keep your phone uh, tied up can now be handled by the computer without pulling a staff member away from your in-person hospitality. So no more missed calls, missed reservations, no more wasted time when people are asking for your hours. No more orders or missed revenue. That's just the beginning. You have a passion for food. Pop Menu has a passion for technology. Together, it's a recipe for restaurant success. Now, even more digital ingredients are in their technology pantry, and Pop Menu is helping restaurants attract, engage, remarket, and transact with their guests on a whole new level. Trust me, if you're a restaurant owner, you need Pop Menu to take your business to the next level. For a limited time only, get $100 off your first month. Plus, you lock in one unchanging monthly rate. Go to popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy to claim this offer. Again, that's $100 off your first month by visiting popmenu.com slash restaurant strategy. That link is in the show notes. So again, what do we do about it? People are leaving the city for the suburbs, for the rural areas. And now a whole new flock of people 
are coming in, right? A whole bunch of college graduates and people who are living at home, you know, finished school, living at home in the last couple of years, or people who are living in the city ended up moving back home to save a lot of money on rent. Now they're all flooding back in, or now they're maybe leapfrogging and going to a different city. Okay, but of those people that have left the cities and are now going to suburban and rural areas, how do we serve them? What do we do about it, right? Again, I said this a second ago. If you're looking to open a restaurant, why not look to the suburbs first? Rent will be cheaper. You'll get more space for your money. You will undoubtedly have less competition have less competition in a less saturated market. And I believe you will have an audience ready to welcome you with open arms. So how do we do that? We say, okay, Chip, that's a really good idea. I'm gonna look into that. How do we do that? You gotta survey the market. You have to understand this, and this is what happens. Because a lot of people have bypassed suburbs over the last 40 years to open restaurants, and the chains now have largely uh, taken over the suburbs. So now, the suburban market all pretty much goes to these chains, right? The Olive Gardens, the Carabas, the Chili's, the on and on, we know them all, right? And they don't know these independents as much. Yes, of course, there are independent operators out in the suburbs, out in rural areas but not as much as there should be, right? Certainly not as much as there are the chains. The chains certainly have a stronghold there. So you've got to look at the market. You've got to understand your market. Do not underestimate this part of it. One of the things that I think restaurant uh, owners, restaurant operators almost always overlook is the importance of finding product market fit, right? When you do this, you look at a market, you look at who needs to be served and what they need right? Is there a problem that you're uniquely qualified to solve? You look there and you say, okay, great. What's the solution that I can, that I can create? Creating a solution that's just like another solution that exists, it's a recipe for disaster, right? The only way is to create something different, a more compelling solution to a problem that exists. Because people are already there, we're going to assume in a market there is competition, that there are already people there serving that market. They have brought solutions to the problem. You have to look and see if you can present a more compelling solution, right? So in the example of Tampa, the Tampa suburbs, right? There's no, there are no one-star restaurants in Tampa or the surrounding area. Like that blows my mind. So why not provide a one-star experience out in the suburbs where people can just drive their car, park right in the parking lot, not have to worry about paying for parking or whatever. Like that seems like a no-brainer. That seems like a really luxurious experience. Um, thinking from all, of all the times I've had to take a cab to a nice restaurant or how to take a subway to a nice restaurant, right? What if we could just drive up in our own car, pull out, you know, pull into a parking space, walk in like a normal human being, you know, we're, we're well-dressed, we're ready for a nice night. Like there, there's an opportunity there. And again, if you look at, you know, if you look at the Tampa market, there's a lot, there's plenty of affluence there. There's a there's a there's an audience there. So where are those people currently going to celebrate their anniversaries, their birthdays, their graduations, their closing dinners? Where are they already going and how can you provide a better experience than any of those or a different experience, a more compelling? Again, how can you create a more compelling solution to the problem that already exists? Do not underestimate how challenging this can be because uh, behavior is uh, behavior is like a groove. Like once you wear it down, it's really hard to get out of that groove. 
So people go to the same places over and over again. It's really difficult to get them to try something else to get and, and to get them to switch full time to something else. So not easy. I'm not saying it is easy. I'm just saying there is an opportunity that the investment is less, that the, that the learning curve is probably less. There is an opportunity here. So you begin by looking at the market, see what they need. Don't just say, hey, this is what I want to do. That's a recipe for disaster as well. Instead, look around and say, what do they need? What do they need that I am uniquely qualified to provide? And then you look for a space. And then you put together your concept. And then you lay it out. Then you figure out how you'll be better. How will you be a more compelling solution to the alternative? And then you spend all your time figuring out how to let people know, right? And that's the real challenge. I'll remind you way, 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 way back on episode one of this podcast, we agreed on a definition for marketing. My definition for marketing is so simple. It's three questions. What's the product? Who is it for? And how can you reach them? Right? Your audience is the who, right? Who is it for? Who has a problem that I can solve? Your product is the solution to that problem. You answer the first two questions pretty quickly and you spend the rest of your life, rest of your days figuring out the answer to that last one, which is how do you reach them? That changes. That changes year to year, day to day, decade to decade, right? It used to be the uh, used to be the yellow pages. Now it's uh, now it's Google, right? It used to be the classifieds, now it's Craigslist. It used to be the tools change. The tools change, but the 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 fact still remains. You still have to reach people. You still have to make sure to convince them to come join you as opposed to somewhere else. So do the hard work and make sure you understand that you know what people want. What do people need? And then you craft a solution to that. That's how you do it. So listen, this is number eight. We got two more episodes left after this. We're talking about all summer long, we're talking about the biggest consumer trends we're facing right now in a post-pandemic world and specifically what they are and how they affect us in our industry. Appreciate you guys being here. Thank you so much. I will see you next time.